Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Food Heals Podcast, Episode 81. I feel like I don't even need to be here. You could just kind of, you could just do my part. Thanks for coming. We're done. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Buy the book. (laughs) That's a wrap. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Chris Gillibo. Chris is a New York Times best-selling author and modern-day explorer. During a lifetime of self-employment that included a four-year commitment as a volunteer executive in West Africa, he visited every country in the world, 193 in total. That's crazy. Right? I know. That's pretty darn impressive. <laughs> it's amazing. Before his 35th birthday. Oh, my God. I just turned 35, and I've done nothing that great. <laughs> <laughs> Get to it, girl. I know. Since then, he has modeled the proven definition of an entrepreneur, someone who will work 24 hours a day for themselves to avoid working one hour a day for someone else. Hmm. That sounds familiar. I think we know what that's like, don't we, Ali? Mm, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chris's first book, The Art of Nonconformity, was translated into more than 20 languages. His second book, The $100 Startup, was a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, selling more than 300,000 copies worldwide. His latest book, The Happiness of Pursuit, was also a New York Times bestseller. Every summer in Oregon, Chris hosts the World Domination Summit, a gathering of creative, remarkable people with thousands in attendance. Chris is also the founder of Pioneer Nation, Unconventional Guides, the Travel Hacking Cartel, love that name, Mm -hmm. and numerous other projects, and is passionate about helping others live life to the fullest. And his latest book, Born for This, teaches you how to win the career lottery and find the work you were born to do. I cannot wait to read Born for This. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, I know what I was born to do, but this is like... You want validation? Yes. This is what I love to talk about. I love to read about. But before we get to our interview with Chris, we have to tell you about today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by the Global Healing Center. You know them. We talk about them all the time. You know that all their products are organic, are free of GMOs, use no toxic ingredients, are eco-friendly. And you know that I'm obsessed with their Parfait Visage. And I'm obsessed with their Aqua Spirit Refreshing Spray. And you know we scored a discount code for you. To get 20% off of their products. Yep. Use coupon code FOODHEALS to get 20% off plus free shipping on your purchase at globalhealingcenter.com. Next up, our interview with Chris Gillibo. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. All right, Food Heals Nation, today we're here with Chris Gillibo, a modern-day explorer, writer, and entrepreneur who is clearing a path for others to live by the rules of their own heart rather than convention. His philosophy can be summarized in four sentences. Number one, you don't have to live your life the way other people expect. Number two, you can do good things for yourself and help other people at the same time. Yes. Number three, (laughs) if you don't decide for yourself what you want to get out of life, someone else will end up deciding for you. God, all of these are amazing. Okay. (laughs) Number four, there is usually more than one way to accomplish something. In short, Chris is interested in the convergence between highly personal goals and service to others and has built his life around that. Love it. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thank you so much, Allison. Thank you, Susie. It's a huge honor to be on Food Heals Nation. And thank you for that extremely kind introduction as well. Yeah, we love everything you're doing. And I feel like this introduction was a little bit longer than the ones we normally do because we just couldn't cut anything out. I feel like I don't even need to be here. You can just kind of, you could <laughs> you just don't. Do Thanks for coming. We're done. Yeah, that's <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Buy the book. <laughs> that's a wrap. All right. Just kidding. Food Heals Nation. Chris, just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, why you're here. Yeah, absolutely. So you gave a lot of details in the introduction, which is great. So I would just kind of say maybe the the short version or how I would introduce myself. I'm a writer, a traveler, and entrepreneur. And I've worked for myself pretty much my whole adult life. I was unemployable, essentially. I was a terrible employee. I didn't want to work for anybody else. So probably like a lot of your listeners will relate to, I wanted to do whatever I could to create freedom and independence for myself, kind of embrace those values early on. And then I spent about four years living in Sierra Leone and Liberia as an aid worker. And as part of that, I started traveling a lot around the region then traveling around Europe. And eventually I set this goal, as you mentioned, of going to every country in the world. And seven or eight years ago, yeah, about seven and a half now, I started The Art of Nonconformity, which was a blog that initially was to chronicle that project of going to every country in the world. 
but thankfully it grew into something much more than that because going to every country in the world is cool, but it's kind of an individual thing. That was cool for me, but doesn't necessarily help other people. And now what I do essentially is I have a great community of people all over the world. They're doing really awesome things. And so my goal essentially is to support them in, in all of my work. That is so cool. So going back, you said that you could not be an employee, and I feel the exact same way. I Me too. Be, neither of us can. Yeah. It is. I've I, tried. Yeah, I've tried too. And failed. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that a lot of listeners feel that way as well. And so how did you decide to make that jump? Because it's hard. You know, people are worried about stability, about money, about, you know, health insurance. What made you really make that leap? And how did you have the confidence to do it? I think a lot of it came down to motivation because it's not like I didn't want to work. Like I could actually work really hard, but I had to work hard on something that I believed in. You know, it was like, if I care about something, I will go all in. I will absolutely make that happen. If I don't care about it, then it's really, really hard for me to even give 10%. Right. So that's why it was hard to be an employee, essentially. Like, you know, when I was 14, I had a job as a dishwasher in a restaurant. And whenever they brought like a pot or pan, back that was like especially dirty i would just take it outside and throw it away in the dumpster because i'm like i don't want to mess with this you know? problem oh solved so, uh, i still do that so i still day, do that you right, do. right right exactly well so the, i mean it, it was fine for like a week but then of course like they start running out of pots and pans they're like what the hell you know so that was the that was like the first job i got fired from and then there was a, a succession of teenage jobs kind of like that that, that i basically got fired from as well and so it wasn't so much like when did I have the confidence? It was more, I had to have the imperative. It was like, I have to do something. So once I kind of understood that there was a possibility, there was an opportunity. I was 19 and back then online auctions were just beginning. It was like ebay.com, this brand new website. Never heard and, of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I discovered that I could like put up random stuff on this auction site and people would buy it. And I didn't know how to write HTML. I didn't know how to take good photos. I didn't know anything about marketing. But, you know, I could make a small amount of money. And I was like, wow, small amount of money is great because I made it for myself. And so it was almost like freedom and independence were the drivers, you know, and, and like everything kind of went from there. And then I, I did learn a lot more about online business and I did learn about marketing and entrepreneurship and freelancing and all that kind of stuff. But everything, everything for me is values based. And so those values were, you know, freedom and independence. How can I, as you said, work 24 hours a day for myself, you know, so I don't have to work one hour a day for someone else. And that's not necessarily the smartest thing to do all the time. But for me, that was always the motivation. Yeah. So let's talk about traveling to every country in the world before you turn 35. I just think that is fascinating. It was fun. It was fun <laughs> and challenging. It wasn't always fascinating at the time. You know, it was an 11-year quest. It took a long time. And I mean, there's a couple of things we could say about it. You know, speaking of motivations, like I had to really commit to it. I had to kind of believe in both the process, like the journey, as well as the destination. And I know people sometimes get overwhelmed when they think, oh, wow, like every country in the world. But it's not like I hadn't been anywhere when I set that goal. You know, I, I lived overseas, as I said, for four years, and I was working in a lot of challenging countries. And learning to travel, learning about logistics and visas and all that stuff. And for me, I was always kind of logically oriented. I was a list maker. I loved every day, like making my list and checking things off. And so that, that's kind of how the every country thing came about. It was like, 
you know, how many countries have I been to? Oh, I've been to like 30. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll have a goal of going to 100. And so I start working toward that. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to achieve that. So then what's next? And how did you support yourself during this time? You know, as I kind of pursued it, like the goal got bigger. And how did you support yourself during this time? Well, I was an entrepreneur. I was working online. You know, for the past seven years, I've been a writer and publisher. Um, But before that, I had kind of a hodgepodge of of random businesses. Um, None of them ever really scaled. You know, I wasn't making like huge amounts of money, but I had enough to travel. I had enough to live a debt-free lifestyle, to live with gratitude and do the things that were important to me. So there was another publishing business for a while. There was affiliate marketing for a while. There was Google AdWords and AdSense way back in the day. Again, it wasn't like, it's not like I'm building this company. You know, it was like a values-driven experience that allowed me to have the lifestyle that I wanted. And only over time did it kind of develop into something more. So were you just figuring it out as you went along? 100%. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because I remember all of those trends. Like affiliate marketing is a thing. Google AdWords is a thing. Like it just kept changing and growing and ebbing and flowing. And it's just really interesting that, you know, all the people that learn how to make a living at this are now the teachers and the mentors that are teaching the millennials how to do the new marketing tactics of today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But we know we can learn from them too. This is the thing. It's always changing. Everything is emerging. You know, like we, we can learn from people who are just coming up and people who are kind of native to mobile and all this kind of stuff. So I feel in some ways I teach a bit, of course, but, you know, I I always want to make sure that I'm learning too. Yeah. Learning from the people that grew up with an iPhone in the womb. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So Chris, I have to ask, and I don't know if you have an answer for this. I can understand if you've been to every country in the world, you may not be able to answer this. But what was your favorite country you visited? Yeah, I mean, I do have an answer to it. But Ah. I would say first that I actually enjoy the process of travel. I like the act of travel. For me, it's not all about the destination. I actually like planning. I like the logistics. I like being on an airplane. I like everything associated with that. But in terms of actually being in places, Australia, for sure, is one of my favorite countries. Cambodia is one of my favorite countries. South Africa. Macedonia and Eastern Europe. So I probably have four or five favorite countries. Okay. And then the flip side, is there a country you know you won't go back to? Well, I got deported from Eritrea. <laughs> That's in uh, East Africa. It's next, borders with Ethiopia, okay. borders with Djibouti, which is a great country to say. Yeah, just the name. Is. You know, you're like, I went to Djibouti, <laughs> right? But So Djibouti was great, but then Eritrea I got kicked out of, so I prefer not to go Why'd back Why did you get kicked out? Well, they didn't want me in there, basically. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a government that's hostile to the United States as well as to Ethiopia. Uh, they're essentially at war with Ethiopia, and the U.S. supports Ethiopia. So they weren't too excited about me being there. So they don't want any Americans there? Not so much. That's okay. I mean, it was fine. Got it. Okay, so tell us the order of things. So you did your traveling, and when did you start writing your books, The Art of Nonconformity, The $100 Startup? So as I mentioned, I came close to turning 30, and I was like, okay, I've done all this stuff and it's great that I've been able to have this life but there's no convergence to it like it's a little bit random and and uh, I want to maybe do something on a bigger platform so I started the blog first the art of nonconformity that was 2008 and initially just writing about the travel stuff and and fortunately I got some really good feedback pretty early on from readers who were like wow this is really cool but you know mm-hmm. basically this is about you how does this help me which was great, right? And so I was like, okay, you're, you're totally right. So kind of reoriented things and said, okay, I am chronicling this journey, but 
I'm also trying to share something along the way and, and to teach people about entrepreneurship and teach them about travel hacking and teach them about tools and resources, essentially, you know, to help those who want to be more empowered. And so, I mean, there was a process. It was 2008, you know, started the blog kind of ramping up. I wrote a manifesto called A Brief Guide to Rural Domination. And that did fairly well. That's a fantastic name. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. That's where World Domination Summit came from originally. And uh, so that kind of helped me, you know, get a little bit known. And I used that to get the first book deal. And the first book deal was not like a big deal or anything. It was from a pretty small publisher. That was fine. And I went out on the road. I went to all 50 states to meet readers. Wow. So it was very reader focused. It was like, okay, it's organic, grassroots, you know, publisher, it's not going to pay for a book tour, but that's okay. I'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll make this happen. And so that was good. And that kind of led to a lot of other stuff because I was willing to work for it, you know, and hundred dollar startup came out of that. A lot of the stories for hundred dollar startup came out of that first 50 state tour. And it's just kind of been building from there. It's, it's building blocks, but it's not really strategic. It's not like I had this master plan. Uh, it's definitely been organic. I'm just kind of going from one thing to another. That's awesome. And so tell us about The Happiness or Pursuit. That was also a New York Times bestseller, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so that was the book that essentially told the story of my quest, but then I tried to put it in the context of questing as a verb itself. And so I looked at lots of other people who had undertaken quests and what, what do they learn through the process? What do they sacrifice? You know, why are they driven to do it? How are they changed through the process? And and, you know, what can we learn from them? So I looked at a lot of people who did travel quests, but then I also looked at people who, who couldn't travel or didn't care about travel, but they wanted to do something totally different. So there was academic quests. Uh, there was a culinary quest, actually, from a woman in Oklahoma who wanted to make a meal from every country in the world. So that was a great story because she wasn't able to travel. She had a young daughter and wanted to raise her daughter with an awareness of the world. So she brought the world you know, to her kitchen table. So lots of things like that, just telling those stories and showing how people could integrate questing into their life. So just to follow our trend, Chris, favorite states, states you don't want to go back to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, I don't know. You can, I mean, the, you can not answer that if you choose. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, is there an honest answer on that 50-state tour? It's not that I hated West Virginia. I don't know if I'll go back. There was, like, two people signed up, right. you know, to come out to the event. Uh, so the joke was, like, you guys have to show up, basically, because it's just, just me and you, essentially. But it was fine. I mean, I don't know. It was random. You know, it was, it was because I, like, all 50 states, so some states I would have, like, 150 people there. And others, there would be like 10, you know, so, but the whole part was to go like everywhere. Were there any specific cities that you, because I don't know what cities you went to, that you really liked that you hadn't been to that you're like, oh, wow, I really dig this place. So that was the first book tour and I've done like two other tours and, and I'm actually like out and about on a big tour now for the new book. And for me, when I undertake this kind of travel, it's very different from like when I fly around the world and go off exploring or trekking or something. This kind of travel is, it's all about the community. It's all about the events. It's one city per day, basically. Wow. So I'm doing a 30-city tour right now, and that's not done in 30 days, but it's pretty close. Like, I don't really have many days off. So I pretty much spend the whole time, like, focused on, okay, how can we have a great event? And then I often have, like, calls or interviews or discussions or something. So I don't mm -hmm. actually really get to see a lot of those, those cities when I'm doing this particular thing. 
Got so it. you are a true entrepreneurial rock star, just nomad going from place to place to place. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm a rock star, but like I said, I like to work. I can, whenever I believe in something, I'm willing to give everything I have for it. Yeah, Susie and I totally get that. That's why we work so hard on this podcast. But I really want to talk about your philosophy, and we went through it in the intro, but I want to hear it in your own words. The philosophy that can be summarized in the four sentences that we said at the beginning, but like, you don't have to live your life the way other people expect. I think that is gold because we are conditioned to live the life that our parents told us we have to live. Sometimes our bosses told us we had to live, our sister, our brother, you know, we. it doesn't matter. It comes from somewhere. And yeah. if we don't let go of that, we're destined to be miserable. So so can you talk a little bit about your philosophies? Sure, of course. Um, well, I think probably most of the people listening, they probably identify with that. They probably kind of affirm that concept of, oh, I don't have to live my life the way others expect. I mean, that's why they're listening. That's why they're part of Food Hills Nation, because they're kind of raising their hands and saying, like, I'm actually going to take responsibility you know, for my health and my well-being and maybe for my career as well as an entrepreneur or whatever it is that, I, that I'm trying to do. And so I, probably most of the people listening don't really need a lot of education in that because they're already forging that path. I mean, I think what's so great about what you guys are doing and, you know, other people who are in this space is you're showing people, oh, you're not alone. Like you're not the only one who believes this, who lives this way. And that's kind of what I tried to do as well is to kind of shine a spotlight on this type of thinking and how it's lived out in different ways around the world from people with different backgrounds, different expressions of it. And we've talked a lot about entrepreneurship, which is great, but I also have some people in the community who are working in large organizations or, or companies, and they kind of find their purpose there as well. So it, it is essentially about, you know, what is the life that I want to live? How can I have everything that I would like for myself uh, while recognizing that part of what I want probably is to connect with others, you know, to make a contribution to somehow, you know, not just like live life on my own, but bring something to the world. How can I do that? And again, what are the tools and resources that will get me there? Who are the guides? Who are the mentors? And I shouldn't even use the word mentor because I don't think like that. It's more like who's going to help me along the way and then who can I help at the same time? I mean, I love that so much. And I think that is how Susie and I think. And I think that's how a lot of our listeners think, because the whole purpose of what we're doing and what you're doing is to make a difference and to make people think outside the box, whether it's about what you're doing with your life, whether it's about health and nutrition and how you're treating your body, it doesn't matter. You're trying to make a difference in people's lives. And that's a goal. And to achieve that goal, you can do anything you want as long as you're passionate about it. And I personally believe if you are so passionate about something and you put your heart and soul into it, the money will follow. And I think a lot of people, they have fear and that fear is driving them more than their passion. Can you talk a little bit about overcoming the fear of failure, the fear of forging your own path and how you deal with that and how others can really, you know, let that go? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a few things we could say about that. So everything you just mentioned about fear and, and your passion and the money will follow, I do agree with that philosophically, but a lot of what I try to do in my work is showing this to people from a practical perspective. So showing them, okay, you know, it, it's not just like this person was able to do it. I'm going to show you a lot of different people. And I'm going to show you exactly how they did it. I'm going to kind of break it down and look at their, at their steps and look at, you know, what went well as well as what did not go well, what were their mistakes and, you know, how can you then apply this in your own way? So that's essentially what I try to do. And I think that helps people have confidence. 
you know, when they start taking these steps and like, oh, okay, it's not so scary, it's not so bad. And as for the, the aspect of fear, you know, I, I think all of us are afraid of lots of different things. I don't know that fear ever goes away, but to me, the goal is, you know, it's to conquer your fear, essentially, or to make peace with it, or to not let fear make your decisions, right? So it's like, okay, I'm scared of this thing, but maybe it's actually something I should be doing. Because, like, I'm scared of it, but I'm actually drawn to it at the same time, you know? So I think you can learn a lot from your fears. I completely agree. All right, we'll be right back to talk to Chris about his brand new book, Born for This, his book tour, and what advice he has for budding entrepreneurs. Food Heals Nation, if you are looking for the highest quality supplements, the most luscious organic skincare, and a brand name that you can trust to be free from toxic chemicals, look no further than the Global Healing Center. I have been using their products for years. Their Parfait Visage face lotion literally makes my skin look younger. And it comes in a beautiful bottle, so it is perfect as a gift as well. And the Oxy Powder Colon Cleanse Capsules are the most powerful detox supplements I have ever used. They get everything out and they don't leave you feeling full or uncomfortable. The mission of the Global Healing Center is to bring back good health, positive thinking, happiness, and love. And they want to help you realize that your body is a self-healing mechanism. Well, I couldn't agree more. So I've teamed up with Dr. Group and the Global Healing Center to bring you a discount exclusive to Food Heals listeners. Go to their website at globalhealingcenter.com, pick out the items you want, and use the discount code FOODHEALS, all one word, for 20% off your purchase, plus free shipping to the U.S. and Canada. 20% off is a great deal, Food Heals Nation. I love their products, and I know you will too. You are listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Chris Gillibo, an intrepid entrepreneur. Chris's latest book, Born for This, which just came out April 5th, so make sure to go check that out is the culmination of years of research on people who have found or created their dream job. From the outside, it looks like these people have been lucky, but in reality, they followed a process of trial and error to get exactly what they want. And Chris wants to share that information with the world at large, of which he has literally visited all. He's visited all of the world. (laughs) We're not kidding. So Chris, tell us about your latest book. Yeah, no, that's that's kind. Thank you. So the latest book, Born for This, you know, subtitle is How to Find the Work You Were Meant to Do. I was really intrigued by this concept and the concept of people who, as you mentioned, have found or created their dream job. Whenever I undertake a research project like this, I always make sure I have a really broad representative sample of lots of different people, different backgrounds, different ages, men, women, etc., so that I can really kind of extract, okay, what are the commonalities because there's lots of differences here. What are the commonalities? What have people kind of been through that is maybe not universal as in the whole world, as Susie mentioned, but can definitely be applied by a lot of people. So what I saw was this phrase career lottery kept coming up. Like, I feel like I've won the lottery. Like, I love my work. I would go to work even if I didn't get paid for it. But, you know, fortunately, I do get paid for it. And uh, one of the things I was most surprised by is that most successful people And success, of course, is defined by yourself. You know, like you may want a lot of money, you may want, you know, inner peace, you may want both of those things. But most successful people have not followed a linear path. And most successful people 
did not necessarily know what they wanted to be when they grow up, you know, when they were six or when they were 16. And they, they probably actually studied something in college, if they went to college at all, um, that was very different from what they ended up doing later. And they probably had more than one career, or they certainly had more than one job. They may have had entrepreneurial ventures and experience in organizations. And so, like, there's this whole concept that you, you know, you have to know your life purpose when you're age 20 or something. And most people don't know their life purpose at age 20 or sometimes 30, 40, 50, whatever. So the whole point is essentially making the right choices at, you know, the intersection of the path. I can go left, I can go right. What information do I need that will help me make that decision? So that's essentially what the book is about, helping people navigate those choices. So I know you have some really great resources on your website that are free. Can you tell us about what you mentioned earlier, a brief guide to world domination and the 279 days to overnight success? Because I like that title. It's ironic. 279 days to overnight success. (laughs) Tell us about those. Of course, of course. Well, first, I I should say, I I feel like I gave a very long and rambly answer to that whole thing about the book. And maybe just one really short thing is that I use this model of joy, money, and flow to look at how do we navigate career decisions. And so this is just a practical thing for listeners to keep in mind. You know, joy is what you like to do. Uh, Money is, you know, something that's financially viable. And flow is something that uses our unique skills. And so I found that most successful people who did not follow this linear path, as I said, they have somehow found or created the intersection between all three of these things, joy, money, and flow. And so as you make career decisions, Uh, As you make business decisions, as you make life decisions, I think it's very helpful to think about this and think, okay, if there's two things I can do, you know, which decision is going to get me closer to this intersection? And if it only gets me to one of them, maybe I need to look for something that that will help me get to all three. So now as for your question, Brief Guide to World Domination, that was, um, I feel like I wrote that a very long time ago now. It's been almost eight years. That was my initial worldview. That was my initial philosophy of putting out to people, um, which we've talked about a bit in the beginning of the of the show, about you don't have to live your life the way others expect. And, and here's here are different ways that people are doing that all over the world. And so I put that out in the first year of the blog. And then the blog was not a business plan. Like it wasn't like a, this is my get rich plan or something, you know. But I did notice like pretty early on that people were asking these really specific questions and anyone who's a coach or an entrepreneur of any kind, you know, this is a very, very valuable skill. If you can develop the skill of listening and paying attention and understanding, like if people are asking you the same kinds of questions, it's because they recognize you as an authority in those topics and they are desirous of that information. Like they're really interested in it and they're like going to you. So I decided um, just really carefully and deliberately, I'm going to create some products. I'm going to create some things for sale. And I want to continue doing the majority of my work for free, which is great. So it's accessible to everyone. But then anybody who wants more, you know, can go and pay for something. So I did that. And that was about a six to nine month process, you know, maybe 12 months in total. And so then I wrote a manifesto called 279 Days to Overnight Success which essentially unpacked that process. And it kind of talked about, you know, how I started the blog and how I built relationships and how I slowly created those products and what I learned from it. And so that was like life philosophy, but integrated with here are the practical entrepreneurial tips. And how did you arrive at 279 days (laughs) specifically? You know, honestly, I'm a marketer and it sounded really good. (laughs) <laughs> right it does I mean, it totally it was sounds good it, it was made me think i'm like what yeah I, no yeah. I, I mean i want to give you an honest answer to your question 
And it's kind of like $100 startup. People say, you know, is every startup, you know, in the book, did it cost $100? And I was like, no, I think the average was something like $167, but that doesn't sound as good. You right, know, $100, right. $167 startup, right? So, yeah, absolutely. And it's about, it's about the feeling you get when you read it and you're like, oh, I can understand what this is going to be about. And that's right. important. And like, of course, you said marketing, which that's part of your business. You got to market. <laughs> Cool. Okay. So what advice would you give to a budding entrepreneur who's just starting out? They want to be alive in this online space. Maybe they want to write a book. Maybe they want to build a platform. But what advice? How do you start? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the world is changing a lot. And, you know, we talked about how like certain, you know, people that came up 10 years ago are teaching another generation. But I, as I said, I think the younger generation is also bringing a lot to the table. And I think the the bar is kind of the quality bar has has gotten raised slightly, which is great. I mean, it's fantastic. And so I think I think you know more more important than anything else is like what is your message? What ultimately how can you distill this message? And if the message is a little bit muddled, then I think it's going to be hard. And if the message is specific and like razor focused and like you know here's how I'm going to change your life because here's how my life was changed. You know, I I think that is the key thing. If you have that, you can figure out tactics. You can figure out how to you know, start whatever medium you want to start, you know, you can learn how to reach people. But having the, the message, I think, is the most important. I was with uh, my friend Jonathan Fields, who's a great guy. You should have him on the show sometime. Totally. He founded a yoga studio in New York City and has done a lot of other stuff. Awesome. Yeah, he and I were together once in the, in the room and like somebody asked, like, how do you write a book? And, and the speaker, you know, I, I'm sure it was just like forgetful or something, but the speaker named like, you know, 10 different things. He's like, you got to do this. You got to build your platform. You got to be on this social network and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, to build to this many followers. And, and after, after he had said all that, and he's like, oh, it's probably also important to have something to say. <laughs> right and so you know jonathan and i looked at each other and we're like maybe that's actually first yeah right maybe, <laughs> yeah. That's, maybe so. that's actually first and then you and then everything else is is you know as, as my friend marie forleo says uh, figure outable right yes. everything else you can kind of decode yes i love marie forleo she's a huge inspiration for any entrepreneur out there and i think it is so important to build a platform and of course social media is important but it's exactly like you said you have to have something to say. You have to say something that is going to resonate with other people. And most likely, if you're passionate about something, other people are passionate about that too. So you got to find that tribe, right? You got to find those people that are absolutely as obsessed or passionate about the topic as you are. Yeah, that's good. And so maybe let's just add very briefly, not just a message, but an agenda, like a mission. I think people really, really identify with that. And like, how are you going to change the world? And and hopefully it will piss some people off because if your mission is kind of just consensus driven, it's not going to stand out. So when I say piss people off, I'm not talking about being deliberately aggressive, but I am saying like your message should be one of empowerment and change and not everyone is comfortable with that. And if you really kind of want to cut through, you, you have to be willing to take a stand for something is what I'm coming to. I once took a seminar with someone who said if everybody likes you, meaning issues implying on social media, if everybody right. likes you, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Meaning right. like, just like you said, like you have to take a stand. And if everybody's liking it, you're not pushing the envelope enough. You're not being totally honest because if people are really totally honest, they will probably piss someone off at some point. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's not like the goal is to offend someone like that's totally different, but but it is like, okay, let's be honest. You know, everybody talks about authenticity as like this buzzword of what you're supposed to be online. Well, if you are authentic, you are a multifaceted person. You have opinions. You have political opinions, religious opinions. You have opinions about all kinds of things. And it doesn't mean you want to shove them down someone else's throat, of course. 
but you should also be yourself. Like you shouldn't have to feel like you have to hide or just be this consensus oriented individual all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And my podcast mentor, originally when we started this show, one of his philosophies was you haven't succeeded until you get your first one star review, like your oh, wow. negative <laughs> review. And so most people, when they get their negative reviews, they're complaining. Like we have Facebook groups and they're like, oh, no, I got a negative review. So when Susie and I got our first negative review, I was like, yes. <laughs> wow, that's really good. That's very good reframing. I'm not actually able to do that myself. I don't read my own reviews. So maybe I should I should try to take that to heart. You probably have more than us, so I understand that. It's a little easier on a duo, on a team, you know? It's like if you're doing it by yourself, I can see that it would be a little bit harder to, to handle. Yeah, and what I mean is you have more reviews than us in general, not more negative reviews. So no, I, I, probably, I probably have a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know one way or another. But you definitely have a larger platform is all I'm saying, so it's a compliment, not, not saying you have negative reviews. It means I've offended a lot of people, so that's great. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, Chris, tell everyone about your book tour. Where are you going to be? So I know you were just in LA on April 6th, so tell us about the rest of your book tour, where are you going to be? Yep. Awesome. So as we're talking now, the book has just come out and I'm doing that 30 city tour all across North America and then eventually worldwide as well. So people can go to bornforthisbook.com and the tickets are usually free for just about every event or sometimes it's a very low cost and I would love to see everybody from Food Hills Nation. So if you're actually from Food Hills Nation and you come out to see me on the tour, please tell me so then I can go back and say, hey, I saw my, my friends on the tour. Yes, please do, because we love hearing feedback like that. It's really important to us, and it just validates what we're doing so much. So tell everyone, where can they find you online? And do you have a tweetable, any advice, short advice you can leave Mm. with our listeners? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll think about that. So as for finding me online, it's chrisgillibo.com, which no one can ever spell. But if you type in something close to that in Google, it will probably come up. That happened to me today. Yeah, see, it works. Um, Or Chris Gillibo on all social media. And then if you can't remember that at all, just remember bornforthisbook.com, and that will eventually lead you to me. As for my tweetable, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that life philosophy. I think I'll stick with that and say the summation of this conversation you know, for me, which, which was very honoring, and it's, it's great to be on the, on the show. I think it's a wonderful show. I'll go back to that part about you don't have to live your life the way others expect. And I think you guys have, have exemplified that, and you're inspiring lots of people and showcasing role models and serving as role models for people. So... My shout out to the listeners is you don't have to live your life the way others expect. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, that, that, I, I love that. That is a great statement. We appreciate it. And mm-hmm. so everyone, tweet Chris, his tweetable, and what's your uh-huh. Twitter handle? It is at Chris Gillibo. I'm going to spell it. Spell it. Yeah, spell it. (laughs) C-H-R-I-S-G-U-I-L-L-E-B-E-A-U. All right. So find him on Twitter, find him on Facebook, stalk him, call him. Just kidding. Just, <laughs> just buy the book. I'm going to read your manifestos. I haven't been able to get to those, but I love those titles. Yeah, they're free. I want to dominate the world. That's great. Who doesn't? I'm ready to dominate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank Chris. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Sign up for our mailing list at foodhealsnation.com and receive a free gift from us. That's right. We have created a brand new guide for you, our Food Heals Nation. Yep. The guide is called Health, Longevity, and Weight Loss Secrets, and it's full of tips, tricks, and secrets collected from some of our favorite guests from the Food Heals podcast. In it, you will learn crazy cool stuff like how to live to 99 with no wrinkles. Susie's grandfather. That's right. How to attract the one. Ooh. 
how to never get a cavity again. My favorite. Yes, my favorite too. And the real secret to weight loss, or maybe that's my favorite. They're all my favorites. And so much more. (laughs) So sign up for our newsletter at foodhealsnation.com. We won't spam you, we promise. No, we won't send you too many emails. Trust us, we're too busy for that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So go to foodhealsnation.com to get your free guide, health, longevity, and weight loss secrets from the Food Heals podcast by subscribing today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.